Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. According to a 2017 report by the Federal Reserve Banks of New York and Kansas City, 51% or more of small businesses are run by women in the United States, which is incredible to hear. But starting a business is hard work. So in today's episode, we talk to a woman entrepreneur and she shares how she got her start in business, what the most challenging and rewarding thing about owning a business is, and how she uses her business as a form of evangelization to Catholics and non-Catholics alike. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Studio. Studio is revolutionizing the way that we think of headphones by combining tech and style. Head over to studio.com and use the code letters to women, all caps, one word, to get 15% off any order with them. We're welcoming to the show Emily, who is a Catholic woman and business owner, and we're going to learn more about her business and how she balances life and more about how she started her business. And so welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we'll just dive right into your story. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Emily Ritchie, um, and I am 24 years old. I am a newlywed, and I work full-time in higher ed marketing, mm-hmm. uh, but I also own Gloriam Marketing, which is a Catholic marketing, consulting, and event planning firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I, I love my faith. I love being Catholic and all the the craziness and the fun parts and the beautiful parts of this this faith that uh, that I belong to and um, yeah it's, it's my faith has always been really important to me uh, ever ever since I was growing up I've always had a really close relationship to God my first memory growing up was uh, reading the children's Bible from cover to cover and running into my mom and saying I just read the whole Bible <laughs> I was like five years old um, <laughs> so it, you know I've always just had this deep relationship with God since I was born. And I feel really blessed to have that um, just kind of ever since I was young, just always having that close relationship with him as a friend. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. So many people are desiring that to sort of have that from so young or to have the starts of it and watch that grow is really beautiful. Definitely. That's so neat. So as you mentioned, you're the founder and president of Gloria Marketing, and that's a Catholic marketing consulting and event planning company. So how did the idea to start your own business come about? And what did that process and journey look like? Yeah, so I worked at a parish for eight years um, up until I, I left that position in 2017. Um, and by position, it's positions because mm-hmm. I wore just about every hat in the church except for priests. <laughs> um, so I've, I've done a lot of different things. And I've seen a lot of different parts of church work. Um, and when I was uh, leaving because I was getting married, um, I was thinking about how you know, I, I feel very strongly that marketing and evangelization go hand in hand and that evangelization could really be uh, emphasized or made even better if we applied some marketing techniques to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of took that business philosophy and decided this was something that I wanted to do um, because apparently I didn't have enough to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> as if your schedule wasn't right. full enough already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as God seems to do, he places, you know, a little desire on your heart and then it becomes something much bigger than you had ever yep. imagined. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it kind of came from, you know, my my years in church work as well as my, um, my full-time work is in marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of combining my two loves um, into something that, has really just turned out to be, like I said, a lot bigger than I expected, but also a lot more beautiful than I expected. Oh, that's so neat. Was it a smooth process going from this is an idea, you know, God has this on my heart and it's growing to, you know, now I'm, you know, the president and founder of a company, like, was or was it a little bit messier than that in, in between those two spots? 
It was much messier. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually, I started the business in 2016. I started it August 11th of 2016. And then on August 12th of 2016, my then boyfriend proposed to me. Oh, wow. Uh, which was wonderful and fantastic. Um, but the, the timing was a little bit interesting there. Um, and so I ended up having to put the business on hold for 10 months over planning yeah. the wedding. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a messy journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been at times slower and then faster than I was expecting. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, you, I can definitely see God's providence and the timing and all of that because I think waiting those 10 months, even though I literally did nothing with the business for those 10 months, it, <laughs> it gave me another 10 months to kind of develop and mature and get to a place where I was more equipped to be a company president. <laughs> it's so beautiful how like sometimes he doesn't work on our timelines and sometimes he says yes and then wait, pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So along the way, since you've been running this business, what's been, we'll start with the harder question. What's been the most challenging thing or on in two, what have you learned about yourself as you've created the business and seen it come to fruition? Yeah. So I would say the most challenging part is, and this is going to sound very practical and boring, but um, <laughs> like taxes and legal yes. things of starting yes. a business. Um, <laughs> Going in, I had no idea. I was like, oh, you just make a business and start doing it. Um, <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, if only. Um, but that is not at all how it works. <laughs> um, so I think that's, uh, and that kind of bleeds into how it's uh, affected me is that it made me realize that if I wanted to do this or if God wanted to do this through me, that I had to learn things on my own and I had to be willing to accept some challenges that I might not have been too fond of uh, embarking on in the beginning. You know, I, I describe myself as um, an extrovert trapped in an introvert's mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, always, I always think that being an extrovert is going to be great and being with people and talking to people is going to be wonderful. And then my introvert side goes, no, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so I think having to really put myself out there and, you know, not be afraid to ask people for help or advice um, mm-hmm. has definitely been something that's affected me positively um, mm-hmm. since starting this business. But I would say the challenge has been, you know, figuring out from the beginning how to do this on my own with the help of Google. Yes. Yes. Thank God for Google. I don't know where I'd be without oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you mentioned taxes. I like just from like the self-employment side of taxes. I remember starting freelance writing and, and being so excited and being like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. I, you know, don't have to pay, you know, don't have that many taxes to deal with. And then, you know, you sit down and you're like, Oh wait, I had to pay taxes four times a year. And when tax season comes in April, it's going to be awful. Like, wait, I didn't sign up for that part of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they don't tell you about that. Point. No, <laughs> which is probably good because it would have scared me away. So it was good to find out while I was already in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on the flip side of that question is what's been the most rewarding part of starting your own business? I think it's been meeting all of these different people. Um, you know, it's been such a blessing to talk to so many different people that I never would have talked to before this business, even if it's not on a you know client basis, even just talking to different people all across the country about how faith has impacted them and how 
they want to see their parish grow uh, has just been a really beautiful experience. And I feel like I, I belong to a much larger community mm-hmm. uh, than I did before starting the business. Um, but also learning that the Catholic world is very small while being large. Yep. Um, I feel like I've never talked to a Catholic person without having some mutual friend in, in common. Um, and so I, I think that helps to build that community too, is that even though, you know, I have a lot of online friends who I've never necessarily met before, we're all connected, you know, in having an earthly mutual friend, but also, you know, our, our mutual friend in heaven through God. Right. Right. The ultimate mutual friend. And with Gloria Marketing, you have one of my favorite, I was exploring your website. I love how you do um, wedding programs. And so even just getting to come alongside people inside of their, you know, most, you know, one of the most joyful parts of their life and the, you know, and that big transition and being able to come alongside them and, and work with them, how neat to just tap into that area of their life too. Yes. Yeah. It's great. And all the different things that I do really getting to to meet people on that that more intimate level that you know i think in most companies you do get to know your your customers very well but Mm -hmm. you know sharing something spiritually is just a completely different and deeper connection right right that much more intimate more so much more so Mm -hmm. than any yeah any business side of things yeah that's beautiful so you have a full schedule (laughs) um (laughs) You have a business, you work full-time, like you've mentioned, and then you're also in the middle of graduate school, and you just got married. That is a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and a lot that happened at once, too. Like you mentioned, you started a business, you got engaged, you you know are working on a, on a master's degree. So what does that look like, you know, more practically, like on a schedule day? Like, what do your days look like? But also, how do you work to balance that and then keep Christ at the center as well? Yeah, so on a, a practical level, um, it looks like very little sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but no, you know, I, I've i always been a person who cannot sit still, who cannot not be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing all these things, I've, I feel like I've gotten very good at uh, managing my time and using my time wisely. Um, but you know, on a practical level, I, I, so I work full time. So I, you know, go to work for eight hours and do my thing there. Um, and then, you know, try to make sure that I spend time with my husband at some point during the day. Um, but he's, he's also in grad school. So that's been helpful that, that is, you yeah. know, we both at the end of the day kind of have that time where, you know, we need to just realize that, okay, we need to study now and mm-hmm. actually get these degrees that we're working <laughs> towards. Um, and, you know, just using every minute, every minute of my day is very scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it's a good discipline. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd recommend it to everybody, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good discipline. Um, and then in terms of keeping Christ at the center, oh, goodness. I mean, I, I think when I was working at the parish, I used to always say that there was no part of my life that didn't have Catholicism somehow mm-hmm. attached to it. Um, you know, cause I was working, I was in grad school for theology. Um, and so there was just every part of my life was, uh, touching Christ in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a full-time job now in the, in the secular field, uh, it does kind of, it's actually been a good thing to kind of have that one place where I'm kind of, 
not removed from that because Christ is of course never removed from my life. Right. Um, but I, I was starting to feel burnout from yeah. everything being so related to the faith that I needed for my own spirituality to kind of step back um, from that every day being involved because it was getting to the point where I saw it as a job and not a vocation. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. And that was getting really disastrous for my <laughs> spiritual life. Yep. Um, so I think kind of having that, that moment to step back and realize, okay, why am I doing this? Who, who is this for? Is this for me? Is this for God? Mm-hmm. Um, but also intentionally taking time every day to do something spiritually for myself. Um, because I, I'm so focused on helping others with their spirituality, but making sure that I'm still in tune with mine. Right, right. So easy to to get to a stage where you're pouring into others and pouring into others, and then you've forgotten to fill yourself up, and you can't yeah. can't pour from an empty cup. As cliche as it sounds, I've I've been in the spot where <laughs> I've tried to pour yeah. from an empty cup, and it never ends very well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I love what you said about organizing your time too, especially from, from working at home on my end. Um, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get distracted by, you know, Oh, I could, I need to finish this project, but I could do the dishes because I'm home or, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing, you know, especially with you with marketing, like a lot of social media, a lot of outreach, um, and touching base with customers and how easy it is to, for me, I'm, you know, I'm already on Facebook while I'm here. Let me check, you know, let me just check what the more personal side of things on Facebook look like right now. So yeah, time management is such a handy, like life skill, especially as owning your own business. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was completely essential when I started to kind of figure out, okay, here's how much time I can allot to everything every day. Cause, and kind of on the flip side of that too, it's so easy to take time from other things like your relationship with your spouse or yep. your relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when you're working from home in a business that, you know, that's part of the reality is you have to make sure that you have that time to just kind of shut everything off and everybody will be okay for a minute. Right. <laughs> you take a breather. <laughs> They'll still be there when you come back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so easy. Like I remember yeah, even starting this past year from writing at home and just, you know, it's so easy to be like, well, I'm home and I know it's the evening and we kind of try to set this apart for us as, you know, as Joseph and I is like husband and wife and but, you know, it's not going to take me very long to finish this article. It's not going to take me very long to finish this email. And, yeah, how important it is to have those two distinctions? Like, no, right now, it's not time for work. It's time for relaxing. It's time for leisure. It's time for relationships. So, yeah, that's a really good reminder, too. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it's all about balance. I don't balance things yeah. very well very much, but <laughs> we're striving. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hi friends, we're taking a quick break from our episode for a word from our sponsor. Up until this year, the fanciest earbuds that I have ever owned were from the dollar store. And after approximately one and a half uses, the left side of the earbuds stopped working. So I just got used to hearing things from one side of the earbuds. It wasn't the most efficient or enjoyable way to enjoy listening to music or podcasts. But my earbud experience has drastically changed thanks to Studio. I edited this episode while using my Studio Regent over-the-ear headphones, and holy smokes, guys, it makes a world of difference. It turns out sound is significantly better when it comes from both sides. (laughs) 
of the earbuds. I love how Studio emphasizes style and technology with their designs. Head over to studio.com to check out their collection of headphones that emphasize modern and Scandinavian designs. Use the offer code letters to women, all one word, all caps to receive 15% off any order with Studio and enjoy their free worldwide shipping. Now let's get back to our conversation with Emily, the founder of Gloria Marketing. So with as a Catholic business owner, how is your business a form of evangelization, both to Catholics, but also to non-Catholics as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so beginning on the, the Catholic side, um, so it is a, a Catholic marketing company. I work with uh, churches, Catholic schools, and Catholic businesses um, to help them with their marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also have the, the consultation and event planning side, but that tends to uh, more be for the churches um, versus mm-hmm. the schools or the businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, I, you know, in doing that, I, I'm hoping that I'm helping to uh, help them evangelize to other parishioners or, um, you know, their, their clients, but in extension, also reaching out to those uh, who, are, who are not Catholic, who are interested in the faith and want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's really where my primary uh, motivation and goal comes from is that, you know, I want to reach out to those people who are not going to mass regularly or had a bad experience with the church and mm-hmm. kind of help the church and, you know, by extension, it's people to talk about the faith in a way that draws people in and makes them realize that this is, a real religion is this is um, it's full of real people and of course there's going to be real problems that come with that but there's such a beauty and a vulnerability mm. that comes with our religion that is just it, it's life-changing and so I think that that's kind of where I see my role within this company is helping others to do that I might not be the direct person mm-hmm. evangelizing to others mm-hmm. um, but I'm hoping that through my efforts, other people are being evangelized. Um, and you, you had mentioned the, the wedding programs before that that was kind of, um, that was where it started for me when we were having our wedding is that I realized there were going to be family and friends there who were not Catholic or even Mm anti-Catholic. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to have an opportunity to tell them why this was important to me. And even if they don't become part of the faith, even if you know, they, they still walk away with their same impressions. I wanted them to at least have a more positive association with the faith. Mm-hmm. So that was where that side of the, uh, the business came from, was really trying to find out how could, uh, you know, Catholic brides and grooms tell their, their people in attendance, you know, this is why this matters to me this is why this is important to me and this is why I find it beautiful mm-hmm. um, and kind of sh- shed some light on some misconceptions yes. that people have about the church. Um, so kind of long answer to a short question. <laughs> but I, I, I see myself as not necessarily the direct agent of evangelization, but helping others to evangelize. As an introvert, I love that so much. Um, <laughs> but there's a certain, like just a joyful, like, Patience and humility, I think, too, between like, you know, consulting social media and a website and and setting that up and then not knowing what seed you're planting or, you know, creating 
mass programs or wedding programs and not knowing whose hands they're going to sit in or how they're going to be impacted by that. Yeah. So. No, and I mean, that's, that's, um, that, that is the beauty of it is, you know, finding out, I, I always imagine, you know, going up to heaven and getting to finally talk to God, hopefully <laughs> you know, lots of things that I want to talk to him about, but, you know, kind of being able to look back and see, Oh, wow. I didn't even know that that happened. You know, I didn't even know that that touched that person. And because of that, they went on to do something else. And I think it's going to be beautiful to see how all of our lives are much more interconnected than we realize. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. But yeah, that's so beautiful. And just to have that in mind, like what a beautiful business goal too. Like, it's not like, you know, here's, here's all the numbers that I want to reach and here's the readership that I want and this amount of Facebook likes. And, and it's so easy to get bogged down in that, especially in, mm-hmm. in the, in a realm, you know, in a world that in a business that's focused on marketing. Um, but how beautiful to have, you know, that end goal with eternity in mind, it makes it a little bit less stressful throughout the day. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I, I try to keep in mind that, um, I, I heard something once and it's, it's cliche, but it's true is that, you know, God said to feed my sheep and not count them. Yep. Um, and so I, I think that that kind of motivates me on those days where I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know if I'm doing enough. All my numbers on social media dropped. Like at the end of the day, if somebody didn't like my post on Instagram, it's really probably not going to be the end of the world. Um, <laughs> but focusing more on, but these are the people that I did reach today. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that my, my, um, business motto is for his greater glory so that everything that I'm doing, I want to be for him, not for my own glory, not for, you know, monetary compensation or, you know, my pride or, you know, even promoting the church itself is more, how, how is this, what I'm doing right now going to bring glory to God? And if it's not, then I shouldn't be doing it. That that's a waste of time at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I love having that as like a measuring stick of things. Like I remember, you know, just sitting down and like, what are my values? And if this doesn't line up with my values or like your mission statement, if this doesn't line up with my mission statement, then that's not something that God's calling me to do and have a, how handy it is to have something tangible to, you know, hold up and, and see if it matches. And if it doesn't, then, you know, it's not worth pursuing. That's not where he's calling me to. Right, right. I love that. So like we mentioned, there's a lot of logistics when it comes to starting a business. And so for Mm -hmm. listeners who are listening and thinking, oh, you know, I have an idea, you know, it's in the idea stage. I want it to come to become a business. Where, where would you point them? What resources would you give them? Any tips and hints that you would give based on your experience and owning your own business? I would say first thing is to find somebody who has started a business mm-hmm. um, and kind of use them as a mentor and a sounding board. Uh, my dad had just started a business about a year or so before I started um, the preliminary stages in Florium. Mm-hmm. And so being able to go to him and again, more on the like taxes and laws and um, regulation side, uh, you know, just having that person be like, okay, what did you do at this stage? Did you have to, you know, did you have to file this form or this one? And I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding somebody and finding somebody who's local, even if it's the not, not the same type of business, mm-hmm. um, just because laws and regulations vary from state to state. Right. Yeah, um, that's a good point. So, yeah. Um, so finding somebody local who has um, done that, but then on a more 
day-to-day level, Mm -hmm. uh, I've found a lot of uh, Facebook groups have really been so helpful in just kind of grouping people together around certain topics, Um, you know, just in being able to share advice, um, but also to receive advice has just been really a blessing. I'm probably part of like 20 Facebook groups for business owners at this point. (laughs) I feel like I've lost count. Um, But that's, it's been really helpful to have other people who are in the same boat who are willing to help each other um, and just kind of using them as a sounding board for ideas, but also, you know, I've run into this issue. Has anybody else? And you start to feel a little bit less alone in the endeavor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That less alone is such a key point. I remember was working from home and just being like, I don't have, you know, I miss so many simple things that I didn't ever take that I took for granted. Like I miss talk around the water cooler about the football game last night. Like I don't even watch football, but I would love some just small <laughs> chats about football with my coffee and how Facebook groups have been a lifesaver. Um, there's Catholic social media influencers, which I think we're both in. Um, and that's been a lifesaver for me with, without any, um, exaggeration, like just knowing that, you know, you're not alone. Cause I think for so many, for small businesses, for people who work from home, who are self-employed, it can feel, it can feel really lonely. Um, and yeah, it's beautiful to see media be used for a good. So often it's used for evil, but so used for a good when it comes to creating community. So yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the Catholic social media influencers was the first Facebook group that I actually joined. Um, And I mean, it's just been, it's been incredible just having that support group. And um, it's still my favorite personally. (laughs) I think we've we've formed a a beautiful community and not just from a business standpoint, but also just praying for each other and helping each other. I think it's just been a really beautiful endeavor. Yeah. I, there was a I post last week about, you know, someone, this person has been sick. We've been missing them. Let's put together a spiritual bouquet okay. for them. Like, how can we pray for yeah. them? It's like, where, what is this? This is so beautiful. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's that it's the water cooler talk with the spiritual side. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> Perfect balance. <laughs> so for how can people find more about your business and what all, what all is offered through Gloria Marketing? Yeah, um, so we are on the web at gloriummarketing.com, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Pinterest, and Etsy. Let's try to go through the list there. (laughs) Make sure you got them all. (laughs) Yeah, um, so we do, we have a lot of different services that we offer. Um, I like to think of us as a one-stop shop, even though I know that's an overused term, Um, (laughs) but I think that 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 does really describe um, what we do. So we have... um, you know, marketing services that include everything from, you know, helping to design email content, uh, web design, press releases, social media consulting, um, designing um, brochures and posters. Uh, So we we have a a kind of a full design slash content uh, section of the business. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> wow. That was like a horribly placed comment. You were fine. Oh gosh. All right. Do you need me to start that sentence over again? 
That would be good. I think just for just to be double check for editing, you it's it's kind of easy to cut out, but if you start over, it makes it a little bit easier too on that side. Yeah, no, no, sorry about that. No, you're fine. It's not your fault. <laughs> I can feel it coming out. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so starting over again. Um, so uh, Gloria Marketing is uh, you can find us on the web at GloriaMarketing.com, uh, and we are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, and we also have an Etsy page as well. Um, and we, I like to think of our, us as a one-stop shop, even though I know that's kind of a cliche term, mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I think we offer a wide variety of services. Um, so kind of under our marketing umbrella, uh, we do brochure and uh, poster design, uh, web design, social media consulting, um, press releases, helping with email campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a lot on that and even with advertising as well. Um, but then we also have a, a consulting piece. Uh, so, you know, going into parishes or schools and kind of giving an overview of here's what you should be doing for your marketing. Um, here's kind of the impression as an outsider, uh, particularly with churches um, kind of going in and just attending a mass. And this is the impression that I have as somebody who's not part of your parish. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's some tips that might work. Um, and then we also have an event planning piece, uh, which is helping again with um, mostly uh, churches and schools with their event planning, um, you know, having an open house or, um, you know, having a parish event, uh, from everything from, you know, purchasing supplies and making lists and that fun stuff right. to, you know, actually implementing the event and executing it. Uh, then we have the wedding portion, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, we design, uh, wedding programs and custom inserts, uh, for Catholic weddings that really want to kind of explain the meaning behind the different parts of, the mass uh, to their to their attendees, um, and then the final piece, which we actually just launched today, which is really exciting, um, is masscards.org. Uh, and this is very specifically geared towards parishes, um, but it's an online, real-time calendar for scheduling mass intentions. Mm. Um, so that's something that we just launched today that we're really excited about. Uh, that we're hoping will kind of revolutionize the way that we get mass intentions because um, it's it seems to still be the common practice that you go in and you fill out the mass card in person and mm-hmm. type in person. Um, so we kind of wanted to add an, an online component to that that parishes could implement on their website. Um, so very, like, like I said, very a, a variety of services that we offer, but all really geared towards how can you present your parish or school or business in the best way possible that also we become a partner in evangelization with you. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's so beautiful. Yeah. A huge variety, something for everyone. So worth checking out her Gloria marketing's website and social media links will be in the show notes too. So if you didn't catch it and you're not sitting there writing it down with a pencil, or if you, if it slips your mind, it'll definitely be on the show notes too on the website. Beautiful. So this is the last question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. It's also my favorite question to ask. And it's, <laughs> how do you live out the feminine genius in your everyday life as a Catholic business owner? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think particularly being a female business owner, um, you, you definitely come across certain challenges. Um, you know, I, I, 
predominantly my, my target audience is parishes. Um, so I do end up working with men a lot who are priests. Uh, so coming in as a female, um, it, people tend to have a conception that females don't necessarily have a defined role mm-hmm. within the church, which I personally disagree with um, because I think that as a lay woman in particular, I have the ability to kind of be that bridge between the church and the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have the ability to take what I'm receiving in mass and bring that out into the world in a way that a priest um, might not be able to because, um, you know, I, I, I work in a secular environment. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the grocery store. I'm in, you know, the, the mall and things like that. Um, and so I have a, a way to witness uh, to what I'm receiving in mass in a very particular and defined way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a business owner in particular, I, I think that my, my role as a, a female business owner is to show that women do have a role in the church and it, it's a, it's a beautiful calling that is completely different from priesthood or anything like that. But I think it has its, its merits and its way that we can be as effective in bringing others to Christ. And so I see that as my particular mission as a female Catholic business owner that I'm showing the world that you can be a strong female, mm-hmm. but also be a Catholic at the same time. And those don't have to be in conflict with each other. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cause I think so much, so often there's a stereotype surrounding Catholicism where those two, you know, no, those two oppose each other. And the reality is they, they know that women are living out in their daily lives is no, those two definitely work together and beautifully. So. Yeah, definitely. And it, I hope that, you know, eventually my, my dream is that, you know, my husband and I will have a family and that I can continue to, you know, have this business while raising a family and kind of show both of those halves of womanhood that, yes, my, my responsibility is to my family and, you know, raising children to love and serve God in the best way that they can. But I still have a role for myself, too. I still have a call from God that I need to live out at the same time. Right, right. It's easy to get wrapped up in, you know, motherhood is the vocation or and raising my family is my vocation. But the reality is, right, yeah, your vocation is marriage and a vocation is a Catholic woman. And yeah, those two don't have to be, like, you don't have to lose yourself when you become a mom or, you know, lose your identity. So that's so beautiful. Oh, I love it. Thanks so much for all your hard work. This has been so beautiful to get to talk to you. I've learned so much. Thank you for your time this afternoon. And yeah, best of luck with the mass cards and and know that we're, we're supporting you for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find Emily's business glory marketing and the resources that we mentioned all over at my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com in the show notes. While you are on the blog, today is the last day to enter the Letters to Women anniversary giveaway. 11 women who were on the show the past year donated eight books, a new water bottle, and two coffee cups, and they're all going to go to one lucky winner. The winner will be announced tomorrow, June 1st, on the podcast's birthday. So if you love old-fashioned snail mail and you want to get 11 packages delivered to your door in the next few days, go to oldfashionedgirlblog.com and look for the giveaway blog post to get started. If you have a few minutes, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that other women can find this resource. 
well, other women and other men too. There are a few men who I know listen to the show. So a quick shout out to Derek and Joe, two men who I know listen to the show and have recommended it to other men if they want to get to know more about the hearts of women. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. That is all I have for today's episode. So go into the giveaway and until next time we chat, be not afraid.